It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. As a seminarian, you're not praying as a priest, then it seems I would feel kind of like a fraud. Dealing with the challenges. The thing that has helped me the most with celibacy is thinking of it as sacrifice. Finding the beauty. You know, and then when, you know, my family, you know, maybe doesn't like some of the things I say, I, was, I, I remind them, well, no prophet is accepted in his native place. So. <laughs> this is the Nash Vocations Podcast, adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Today in the Nash Vocations Podcast, our seminarians continue their talk about prayer. What do we do when we pray and we're thinking about what we're going to have for dinner or we're thinking about the uh, like the scores and stuff? Or we're thinking about uh, or even in my case, like I think about uh, a lot of the things that that I haven't gotten done or some issues I'm struggling with. Well, what do we do when we are distracted by prayer and when we pray and we have distractions? Does that mean our prayer is the prayer that we just prayed is useless? Do we got to start all, all over again? I think uh, St. Teresa of Avila has a great example of this. Um, She always mentioned attention as a crazy lady of the house. And uh, I I mean, of course, it's a very weird situation where she put it in, but she explains it in a way that, you know, when you're doing a prayer, that attention has to get up and do something else. But that's when you grab her and you say, you know what? It's your time to sit with the Lord. And she gets up again. No, it's your time to sit with the Lord. Of course, um, we have to always be careful to look her or to see her. If she gets up, get your attention back. If she's going somewhere else, get the attention back and always uh, tell her, you know what? It's my time with the Lord. It's your time with the Lord. Now let's sit and let, let's let's talk to, to the Lord. This is the only thing you have to do right now. I think I've heard of that before. That's very good. I think, too, just on a basic psychological level, when we have thoughts that come into our minds, maybe the best thing we can do is to just let it play out. Let the thought play out, and then it's done. And if you, Because if you keep trying to, for certain thoughts, trying to just make it go away, and you just keep going back into silence, or you keep saying a word like Jesus, 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 to kind of make the thought go away, and it doesn't, it's probably because it's not going to, because it's something that you want to think about so you think about it and you let it do its thing and then it's out of your mind and you're done with it like the thing you don't want to do though <laughs> that you have to pay attention to is like all right i thought that thought but then okay here's the next thought like you have to eventually at some point stop thinking the thoughts and go okay it's time to it's time to stop now and do like saint Teresa of avila does is like all right i'm going to pull you down with me and we're going to sit with jesus together but some thoughts you just have to let play out yeah i mean i would agree that like to the to i guess uh if there's any thought that we don't allow playoff is play out it's like any like kind of like lustful thought or yeah like that. <laughs> like that goes without saying but of course it's like any type of thought like that oh yeah you get away from that thought as quickly as possible yeah. but when it comes to the mundane mm-hmm. that's what i think you're talking about when it comes yeah, to the mundane, mundane thoughts like, what am stuff. i gonna have for dinner well yeah. i know that mom's cooking like chicken and rice so i'm gonna have chicken and rice okay the thoughts are done or what am i gonna have for dinner well i know that i looked at the lunch menu today for seminary so we're gonna have chicken and rice 
Yeah, yeah, and, and like you can even turn that into a prayer, like chicken and rice. Think about the goodness of chicken and yeah, rice. I love chicken and, and rice, Jesus. Yeah. That's gonna be great, baby. It's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna be great, Jesus. It's, like, it's gonna taste good, and uh, you know what? Like you know what else is good? You were good, Jesus, and I know you. You like you cook some chicken and rice back in your day. Like, <laughs> like, like, like you cook some fish and stuff. That's in the gospel too, Lord. It's, uh, it's like uh, it's, uh, so. I mean, and you, I'm, I'm sure you like food, Jesus, and stuff. And then you can think about oh, the the this, you can think about the dynamic of his. The second person, I mean, the of his human nature, and next thing you know, you're kind of contemplating God through the mundane, because just like just like what Oscar was saying before, like God speaks us through other people. I mean, Seth said that as well, but like God speaks us through the everyday of our lives. But yeah, to second to Justin's second part about like, is it not prayer when we do have those thoughts and we start thinking those thoughts, and like half of the half of our holy hour of thirty minutes is us thinking about like I don't know the paper we have to write for seminary or, or whatever, like, no, because Justin made a great example. Like you can turn that into a prayer, like a chicken and rice thing. Like Jesus made chicken and rice, baby. It was great. Like I'm going to eat that chicken and rice later. And it's going to be awesome. Me and you, Jesus, we're going to eat that chicken and rice together. Like you start thinking about the papers, like, all right, I don't really want to write this paper, Jesus. And then you just start talking about the paper. Like I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to do the research. I got to go to the library. I do this, blah, 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 blah. And then you start thinking, well, you know, this is kind of like a cross, like, I'm going to offer this up to you, Jesus, in this holy hour. And, and all right, I've thought about it. I've done it. All right, cool. Like now I'm going to go back to my Lexio Divina, my rosary, whatever the, whatever it was I was doing. And then lastly, to kind of wrap up that in, um, the second question I had is, is if we can, if we, so I can just dive in on this like quickly, uh, what do we do when we pray and nothing happens? I mean, that in and of itself is prayer. Like when we sit there in the chapel and nothing is happening, like uh, Brent had mentioned with uh, Mother Teresa, like she probably went to the chapel and nothing happened. And she was probably crying her heart out because she had to take care of all those people, all those dying people. Like she was seeing suffering every day. And I'm sure she would have loved to have some consolation, just like Jesus would have loved to have some consolation from the Father on the cross. But you just, you offer that up and it's your prayer. Like if nothing's happening, you just sit there doing what you're doing and you don't feel anything. That's fine because prayer is not about feelings. Like we don't pray to feel good. We pray because we want to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ, like we've said before. Exactly. And I think it's it's uh, coming back to the hope that we have on the Lord. If nothing hap- if nothing is happening, just know that it's for something good. Trust in the Lord. Trust is something's gonna happen. Maybe you're not gonna be able to see it. Maybe you're not gonna be able to experience it. But it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Oscar, you mentioned, you know, something great as far as, you know, trust. Um, and that's ultimately, that's that's what the Lord wants from us. Like, if we don't feel that anything is happening, you know, within our prayer life, if we feel, you know, it's dry, um, you know, to just trust him in that process. And yeah, I think that's a, a good note, to, a, a good uh, ending note to wrap up that part of it. I think some lot, a lot of good things have been said about that. And so now we can switch the gear into, again, the very fact that, of course, we are seminarians and we're training to become priests. And is that what we're here for? (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of us can be monks. I don't want to be a monk. Well, we already had a monk here and he says no. So I think I'll go with him and no. (laughs) (laughs) But but of course, like we're training to become priests and we're not going to get anywhere towards the priesthood if we don't pray. And 
even if we manage to make it to the priesthood, we get ordained and we make it to be a priest without really praying all that much during seminary, we're going to have a bad time when it comes to like our priesthood and everything. Because I mean, people going to, because you're going to be marked as a man of prayer, a man of God. And if, if you are not praying, like as a seminary, you're not praying as a priest, then it seems I would feel kind of like a fraud. Yeah. I mean, and, and it goes back to, I mean, to building the relationship with God or the relationship with the Holy Trinity. How can I introduce, you know, the lady in the parish to, to, to our Lord, if I don't even have the relationship with the Lord. So I cannot give something that I don't have. And through prayer, it's building up that relationship in order for me to, uh, hopefully to, to show it to other people in order for them to have that relationship with the Lord. I mean, and really, what does a priest, what does a priest do? Like, okay, he, man, he manages the, the parish. Okay. Yeah. He's got some finance stuff he has to deal with. He, he, he celebrates mass. He does confirmations. If the bishop can't do them, he does baptisms. He does, he does the sacrament stuff, right? He's not a sacrament machine, but that is part of what he does. I'm like, what else does he do? Like he should be praying. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have that much stuff to do. Like when he doesn't. When he doesn't, yeah. When he's not doing mass and he's not doing the other sacraments and he's not doing finance stuff and he's not going making house calls and anointing people and visiting with people, he should be praying. Maybe not like 20 hours a day or whatever because he's not a monk, but he should stop and pray. And if sometimes he is too busy because he's got to do mass and he's got to do confessions and then he's got to go meeting with people and then he's got to make a house call and he's got to do X, Y, Z. And he only may have 10 minutes to pray. But as long as he makes that 10 minutes to pray, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Because his job is to pray, and he should always be praying in some form or fashion. And I think now, I mean, yes, we're not going to be monks. We're going to be diocesan priests. Uh, I think we're in a good place, at least here in St. Mandrod, because we're around uh, Benedictine uh, Benedictine monks. And, you know, the rule of them, uh, and basically their charism, it's uh, orat and labora, uh, work and pray, which um, it kind of helps us to kind of give a balance of course, I have to do all this uh, uh, work, you know, like working, do paperwork, uh, do all all these sacraments. But at the same time, prayer, it's an important part of, of, the, uh, of your work. So both of them, it's not that they are different. It's just that you have to put them together, especially as a priest. You have to be able to work. Of course, maybe you, you do mass in the morning, but you do a holy hour extra early in the morning. Um, you have to do uh, liturgy hours. Hopefully, all the priests do liturgy hours. Um, and of course, you have to have those meetings with the parishioners. Uh, you have to probably get involved with the community too. Um, but you need to, I mean, at least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers, we have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Um- you know, something that I don't think we've you know, talked too, too much uh, upon is I know prayer, you know, also you know, helps us, you know, against, um, you know, temptation. And yeah, as Justin said, when we're priests, uh, we're going to be marked <laughs> um, basically by the devil because the devil exists, Satan exists, even though the world will tell you that he doesn't exist. Well, he does. Um, and so, yeah, we need to be on guard and even... You know, if you look at you know at the the prayer of our Father, you know, um, you know, you know, deli- no, deliver us, you know, from evil. Um, you know, 
as priests, I said, you know, priests are marked and they need to be like, you know, they need to be vigilant and they have that life of prayer because it's so important. Like they need, we need, everybody needs that protection mm-hmm. because yeah, there is someone out, you know, to get us, you know, cause you know, Satan doesn't want us to succeed. And I think that's a, a even during um, our liturgy, the hours for, for, um, for night prayer on Sundays, we do have that, that uh, reading, you know, uh, you will not need lights because the Lord is going to give you light. And that light, it's through prayer. And of course, the, the devil, it's roaring like a, like a roaring lion around you. So you always need to have that conversation with the Lord. Of course, it's, it's through that relationship that you need to build, that you're going to be able to have a good conversation with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And prayer, definitely, before we even get to the position of being a priest in the diocese in the parish we're, we're first seminarians and definitely prayer not only plays a huge part crucial part in the life of the ordained priest but it also plays a role in the ongoing formation of the seminarian so i just kind of want to segue into tossing this next question out to you and that is how does what role does prayer play in my formation as a seminarian? I think it, it plays a uh, it plays an important role. Of course, uh, you know we have all four dimensions, and spirituality is one of the dimensions. Um, and I mean, every day we have mass here in the seminary. We have to do liturgy the hours. Um, we have uh, holy hours. And of course, we have moments where we do our, our our own devotionals, and I think that plays an important role in order for us to. Of course, we're gonna uh, we have to do papers. We have to have we do have meetings. We have classes, but at least for me, that's a time where I am. I charge my battery, like I run it out throughout the whole day and through those little times, and that's when I plug myself to the Lord and gain some extra energy. To continue my day, and I think for even for for a seminarian and for a priest, that should be a time where you charge yourself with the Lord, where you gain your 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 energy, and your trust and your hope and and you know your relationship. And, and really, like seminary, that's the that's the place where you learn how to pray. And we're gonna take this into our priesthood. Like we're we're already gonna know, you know, how to pray which is so important. So like in you know, seminary within that aspect of um, um, you know, spiritual formation, um, which is key um, to uh, um, you know, foster that, um, those, those, those practices, because those practices of your prayer life are going to flow into your, your priesthood. And Justin, you had said earlier too, that like the priest who doesn't pray, like he's, he's not going to be doing a very good job at anything. It's the same thing with a seminarian. The seminarian who doesn't pray is not going to be doing a good job at anything because you need prayer in the seminary. Like, trust me, when you got like three papers due on the same day and you got a test next week, like you're freaking out, man. Like you got to turn to Jesus. And like Oscar said, you got to go get recharge your batteries because sometimes it just ain't going to cut it. And even too, just on the pastoral side of things too, because we do have pastoral assignments here. Like sometimes we're, we have to go to the hospital and we have to see dying people. Like you can't just like, do that 
and not go pray like after you've done that because you're exhausted after you've seen somebody in hospice and they are actively like almost dying right there in front of you. Like that takes a lot out of anybody and you definitely need prayer in that moment. And I think, you know, even St. Teresa of Avila, going back to St. Teresa of Avila, uh, she mentions that a way for us to, to prove that we're praying or, or the mark that we show that we are prayerful people, it's love. And I think even, even with pastoral, with our pastoral assignment, uh, we express that we prayed by loving, well, by loving and caring for those who are ministering, who are, who are we going to pastor in, in this time. Yeah. And even to piggyback off of what Seth said, like, I mean, even when, I mean, of course, like when, when things are going crazy in seminary, you need prayer, but I, I would even add for my own life, even when I'm getting all the practical things done in seminary and getting everything else done, let's say even to the expense of prayer in my prayer life, like when I'm not praying the liturgy, the hours, things are just things overall just seem dry and kind of empty of meaning when I'm like getting everything else done, but I'm not praying to God. I keep thinking, why am I here? Like if I'm not here to build a relationship with God. And one of the things that I do build that relationship with God, I rely on crucially is the praying is the daily praying of the liturgy, the hours that we do here in the seminary. Again, and all seminarians pray um, the liturgy, the hours every, like every day. And that's one of the things a, a, a man coming into seminary is going to encounter. Maybe even for the first time is the liturgy, the hours. So quickly, like what is the liturgy, the hours and what can a seminarian expect in regards to it when, when he comes to seminary? So a lot of people don't know this, but the church has two liturgies the mass and the liturgy of the hours. It's right there in the name, boys and girls. But yeah, so the liturgy of the hours is it's the tradition goes back to actually Jesus's time. And even before that, to the synagogues of the, the beat, the, after the second temple period, because what they would do is what the Jews would do. They would go into the temple and they would pray the Psalms and they would sing the Psalms. So the Christians who were first Jews first, and they became Christians, they continued that tradition of praying the Psalms and so they would pray the Psalms, all 150 of them. And eventually when the uh, monasteries developed, they continued to pray the Psalms, all 150 of them. And then it eventually got broken down into like a five-week period, so on and so forth. Basically, what four-week period, my producer Nanzo is holding up four fingers. So yeah, it eventually, it, it developed into what it is today, where we pray the Psalms, priests, religious, seminarians, even, even the Pope, he, he prays the Liturgy of the Hours, and they are actually required to do so under penalty of sin, I believe. I'm getting head nods, so I am yeah. correct in my ex, uh, my yeah. thinking. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and don't worry, you do not have to learn all 50 Psalms. We have oh, yeah. a, we, we actually have a book called The Brewery mm -hmm. where it follows the, the weeks and it follows cer certain festivities and it guides us through all those Psalms. And it has about five ribbons in it, and it's very confusing. But over time, you really do get used to it, and it really becomes fruitful in your prayer because it 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 reminds you, okay, like I got to do office of readings like before I go to morning prayer. All right, it's morning prayer. All right, at some point I have to do daytime prayer, and it just kind of refocuses you on what you're supposed to be doing, which is praying. 
Yeah, another word for like uh, Oscar brought up another word that we use for liturgy. I was just call, also called breviary. So breviary, liturgy, the hours. Also, when you go into a divine story, office, yeah, too. divine office. You go into a a Catholic st- store, you see like a, bu- a book that just says Christian prayer. Again, though, it's all interchangeable in what we call the liturgy, the hours. Yeah, I was kind of laughing when Seth when you were talking because you said, "Oh, I got to make sure I I do my." Uh, before I do my morning prayer, I got to. Sometimes I I get to, I do my morning prayer before I do, <laughs> do the first prayer because sometimes your morning is just crazy, especially when you're outside of the seminary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So sometimes, yeah, you might be doing like morning and daytime prayers at hours of the day you might not think. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay at one when you come right now. Those who are listening and are interested in going into seminary. You know, if you don't know it, that's okay. That's fine. Once you enter seminary, they'll teach you how to use the the breviary, which is the actual book, uh, to do the liturgy, the hours, and you'll have communion. It, it's a prayer of community. It's a prayer of the church. And so, too, just something else I want to mention is that, in one of the statistics that I've read on an article some time ago, and one of the and one of my priests actually told me when I was taking RCIA was that. Most of the priests who have caused scandal in the church, they had stopped praying the Liturgy of the Hours. So there is something very important about praying the Liturgy of the Hours for both priests and seminarians. And uh, another good thing, another good kind of factor about the Liturgy of the Hours is, again, we, we haven't mentioned deacons and stuff. And so your permanent deacon at the church is praying the liturgy of the hours. He has the same obligation as the priest and religious of praying the liturgy of the hours. And um, now of course, like when it comes to the obligation of praying the liturgy of the hours, it's helpful. It's helpful to also to stand a guy coming into the seminary. He doesn't have the same obligation to pray the liturgy of the hours in the same way a priest does under the penalty of sin um, or, or a deacon does under the penalty of, of sin because he's simply not a clergy member because when a priest or a deacon, when they are ordained, they promise to pray the liturgy of the hours for the sake of the church. And it's helpful to, to also say that the liturgy of the hours is the prayer of the church for the church. And so it's a prayer that we always pray for the church. Um, and it's a, it's a great way to sanctify the entire day. Cause you have more and you have office of readings and morning prayer. We usually pray to them in the early hours of the day. Then you have daytime prayer. Then, then it's evening prayer. Then you have compline also known as night prayer. And so, and the, of course you could like pray all of it in one day, all, all of it in, in an hour, in an hour and 30 minutes and stuff. But of course, I think that doesn't get at the point of the liturgy of the hours, which is really to sanctify the entire day, to give the whole day back to God, because it's God who gives given us a day in the first place to give everything back to God and sanctify the entire day. And I think even taking those times, uh, you know, not doing it in a whole hour, but taking your time and, you know, doing it at certain hours, it actually shows a commitment and, uh, of the person because you're taking your time to do them at certain, at certain uh, hours of the day. Uh, and of course that, that takes a lot of habits to do that. It takes a, a long time to do it. Uh, and of course uh, we, we as a seminarians, we, we, we are called to do it, but even the church, even if you're not in seminary, you are called to do it because it's uh, you're praying with the church and you're praying with, you know, you're, if you're doing morning prayer, that means that you're doing it with the Pope. You're doing it with uh, someone in China, with someone in, in Africa. 
So it's all one. It's all one prayer. Yeah, and 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 it's also helpful to understand, like, with it, it can be the case, like in mass, like, like large portions of the church are having the same readings and are have or praying the same prayers at mass all across the world in different languages is also very it's also similar with the liturgy of the hours like again just like what oscar said like you could be praying you, you often praying the exact same prayers for that day that somebody in china is praying and stuff and so it shows the universality with the church and the communion with the other members of the body of christ and i wanted to say like uh, uh one one thing in case i forget it uh, especially Vatican II called for lay people to actually say the liturgy hours as well. And especially if it was possible, like in like uh, for churches to have like the principal hours of morning prayer and evening prayer to happen in their churches and the priests and the clergy invite the lady to say communally the liturgy of the hours, because that's the, that's the way the, the liturgy of the hours is like ideally supposed to be said is communally with the other members of the body of Christ. And so it's not just something for priests and religious and deacons, lay people can get in on this as well. And they should be getting in on this as well. And, and, and a, and a, if we don't, and, and like a great, like kind of, leeway into the liturgy of the hours if you don't have the book or like the, bu- the book and the ribbon system are complicated a, a helpful uh, a helpful um um app to actually pray the liturgy of the hours is the iBrievery app and so you download this app and you and it has all every day it has all the prayers listed out for you to get each day and so you can kind of even learn the very systems of the of the liturgy of the hours the, the, the structure will be out just by praying the, the iBrievery app and it has that listed out for you. Oscar's been uh, giving St. Teresa, his girl, like all the rep over here. And like, I want to give my girl Joan of Arc a little bit of rep. So, you know, she said, I was born to do this and we are all born to pray. Now, her context was a little different because she was born to say France, you know, but hey, I'm taking her quote and I'm using it for us. We are born to do this. We are born to pray. Again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the NAS Vocations, NAS Vocations podcast. And it's been about prayer. And we and, and to know that, again, we pray for you as well. We, we always pray for you every day. We remember you in the Diocese of Nashville uh, through, through the Liturgy of the Hour. So we pray for you and hopefully we, we, we can pray for us as well as we continue to, continue to go on in our formation as priests. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville, shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com. 